There was a time several years ago when I had achieved so many of my dreams and my goals, yet I felt a lack of joy. I felt empty. I remember looking at gold records on the wall in my office, and while it brought joy in the moment when I first received them, that feeling faded fast. Hey friend, this is Wade, and I wanna welcome you to Dreamers and Disciples. Last week in our episode, I shared the best advice someone ever gave me and how I'm committing to implement it this year. And I was inviting you to join me. And that advice, in case you missed it, was simply this, to be ruthless about making the right heart choice. So let me give you some context. I love to exercise. I go through seasons where I'm more committed or disciplined than others, but right now, I'm all in. And I focus a lot on zone two cardio and VO2 max training, which you hear a lot about that online and on YouTube and on podcasts right now. And I'm committed to that because it helps get my physical heart in shape. And so I'm really disciplined about that type of training right now in this season of my life. But as much as I'm committed to that, I want to be even more disciplined and intense and committed about training my heart from an emotional, mental, and spiritual standpoint. I wanna even be ruthless about it to use the language my friend who gave me that advice used. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode where I kinda talked about that whole conversation, that's okay. Everything I'm sharing today is all gonna make sense on its own, so stay with me. This is gonna really help you. But I do encourage you to go back and listen to that episode when you get a chance, because I share four practical steps on how I'm trying to make the right heart choice on a daily basis this year. And today I'm gonna to share four more examples. These are four practical decisions that you can make, ways that you can be ruthless about making the right heart choice this year, ways that you can actually train your spiritual heart to train you to do the right thing, even when everything inside of you doesn't wanna do it. And so I really saved for the ones I'm most passionate about for today, and as you listen, here's my challenge for you. Uh, you might be listening or watching this video, but try to find something that you can take some notes with, whether it's your phone or a journal, but pick one of the four that I'm gonna talk about today and decide that this is the one that you need to implement first. And then once you decide that, come up with an action plan, just some simple steps to train your heart in this area. Think of it as just your, your simple workout plan but it's for your heart from a spiritual standpoint. So come up with that action plan and then commit to take action on it this week, hopefully even today. The sooner you can put this into practice, the more you can get into a routine of trying to make the right heart choice this year. So don't worry, I'll give you some suggestions of some ways you can implement each of these as we go. Now, before we get to those four heart choices, I wanna encourage you to download my free guide, Seven Rhythms to Renew the Health of Your Soul. This is a perfect companion for what we're walking through today. It's a short PDF to help you get a game plan to have your healthiest year yet when it comes to your soul. So you can download that for free at wadejoy.com slash seven rhythms. Okay, the first heart choice is this. Be ruthless about choosing the hidden place more than the highlighted position. And this is really about private practices. Our culture celebrates what is seen. I don't think that's any surprise to you. 
but a life of walking with Jesus is formed in the unseen. Now we can carefully cultivate our social media platforms in an effort to impress or to influence, or we like to show off our highlight reel, but none of that ever feeds or satisfies your soul. I mean, how often have you posted something and then you spend you know, so much time, 30 minutes, an hour, mindlessly scrolling and you just feel worse at the end of it. Or maybe you've worked really hard to attain a position in your company or at your church, or you got your dream job, or you finally got to live out um, this dream that you've had for years and years and years, and it finally came true. And you get to that place only to realize that it didn't fulfill you like you thought it would. The thing that you thought would bring you significance, receiving notoriety or recognition or respect from other people, it didn't fulfill your soul. And so I'm learning more and more that the most valuable work that God does in my heart is in unseen places, in unseen times of regular prayer and silence, in unseen acts of service that aren't posted about on Instagram, unseen times of being present with my family. That's where real life happens. And that's where real joy is formed. And it's where we really identify with Christ. See, Jesus teaches this in Matthew chapter six, verses one through six. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. And then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I love that passage. It's so challenging for me. Now, let me just clarify this though. There's nothing wrong with a public platform. Remember what I said in last week's episode, we don't need to shrink back when God has called us uh, to use our gifts. Uh, The world needs the light that God has given us to carry. We are called to be a city on a hill shining brightly, but we can't give what isn't growing within us. And it ultimately comes down to what you're chasing And I wanna encourage you to choose to chase the hidden place with God. Choose to devote yourself to private practices. Don't chase the spotlight. Don't chase the opportunity. Chase walking step-by-step with the Spirit, walking with Jesus and trusting that He will put you in the places and positions that He has called you to. Yes, you want to steward your your ambition well. You want to have godly ambition, but make your ambition mostly about the hidden place with God because that gives you something that you can then pour out in service to other people. So what practices can you commit to that will shape your heart in this way? Maybe it's prayer and time with God and His Word is a great place to start. But let's even take it a step further. Is there a way that you can serve others 
that only you and maybe a few people close to you know about. It's not something that you're gonna brag about. It's not something that you're gonna uh, virtue signal about, but it's something that you're doing strictly to love someone else. Uh, who can you give to or bless anonymously? Once again, this works a muscle in your heart that is desperately needed and is really prone to atrophy in a world that loves a highlighted position. But your heart grows in the hidden place so that you are ready to serve and be poured out in whatever position God calls you to. All right, here's the second choice. Be ruthless about choosing to bless someone else's dream instead of only obsessing about your own. And this is about removing idols. You see, it's scary how easy and subtle the process is of turning our dreams into idols and our gifts into God's. And we don't even realize it's happening because it's so sneaky. Now, don't get me wrong. I want you to dream. I want you to bring your dreams to life, to use the gifts God has given you. But there's a difference between working hard and stewarding what God has given you and focusing in a healthy way on bringing your dream to life. There's a difference between that and then obsessing on it and thinking that your world revolves around your dream and that God's plan for your life revolves around your dream. And when that happens, our gaze turns constantly inward on what we want, on what we think we need. And I talk about this tension and how to actually dream in a way that honors God. I talk about that a lot in my book, This Dream Is Not For You. It's really all about that. But in the book, I talk about how one of the best ways to hold a dream loosely and not let it become an idol is by fanning the flame of someone else's dream. Now, this isn't disingenuous. This is actually, like I said before, training for your heart to help you identify with Christ because Jesus didn't come to be served, but instead came to serve. A lot of times we think about how our dream can serve us, where a God dream is meant to serve other people. And I used to always wonder what Jesus meant in Matthew 20, verse 16, when he says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. You know, does that mean I need to always make myself last? Because that doesn't seem to align with being a good steward of what God has entrusted to me. But what I'm realizing more and more is that my heart posture and practice should be one of pushing others first. Not that I don't work towards my own goals and dreams, but it's just that I'm not fighting to always be number one. It's I have a heart that wants to champion other people, a heart that wants to celebrate them, and a heart that trusts God to call me up to the head of the table if that's what he desires, like he mentions in Luke chapter 14, verses seven through 11. That's some extra credit. I love that passage, so go and read that when you have time. But I wanna be a person that trusts that whatever position God puts me in, whether it looks like it's first in the eyes of other people or whether it looks like it's last, that I can trust that God is in control of my dream, not me, and that I can push other people forward, not in a spirit of competition, but with a heart of contentment. Here's the third choice. Be ruthless about choosing to bring joy instead of trying to find it. And this is about bringing blessing. Our word for the year as a family is joy. And not just because it's my last name, but I'm passionate about it in this season. I'm passionate about helping people live a life of joy and fulfillment in Jesus. I want that in my life as well. I want that for my family because there was a time several years ago when I had achieved so many of my dreams and my goals 
yet I felt a lack of joy. I felt empty. I remember looking at gold records on the wall in my office. And while it brought joy in the moment when I first received them, that feeling faded fast. So I've been on a journey of joy over the last three years. And I've realized one simple but very important truth. Joy is formed, not found. It's not waiting one day in the future. It's meant to be formed right where you are. And one of the best ways I know to form joy in my own life, in my own heart, is to bring joy to other people. This goes hand in hand with what we just talked about. But when I was a worship pastor at Elevation and I helped newer worship leaders get opportunities to lead and do things that I wasn't able to do, I found that blessing them and equipping them and empowering them brought me joy. I remember being at a live recording one time after I transitioned away from leading worship and away from singing on albums and watching John Sal, one of our newer worship leaders, lead a song and just thriving in his calling. And I found so much joy because I was able to attach an investment I had made into him and attach my own satisfaction to that. And so seeing his joy brought me joy. Another way to implement this is going into a room and choosing to be an encourager because I found when I've done that, it has left me encouraged. And this all goes back to a simple principle we find in Proverbs eleven twenty five, 25, uh, where it says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I usually hear that scripture in church in reference to being generous with your money. And that's true for sure. But I think it also applies in any way that you can refresh others. You can refresh others with your encouragement. You can refresh others by being a positive atmosphere setter in the room. You can refresh others by being a joyful, steady, consistent presence in someone's life. See, our world is in a deficit of joy. So what if you choose to bring the joy of Jesus into every interaction this year? Not a superficial joy that pretends that everything is perfect, but the true deep joy of Jesus, a joy that is born from the fact that we always have a hope in Christ, that we can always find a reason for gratitude, even in our hardest moments. So if you wanna know what a life of joy looks like, I encourage you to read Psalm 112. It's actually the Psalm our family is praying as a picture of what it looks like to be a joyful follower of Jesus. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna do a whole podcast episode on just that Psalm at some point this year. Our last choice that we'll talk about today is this. Be ruthless about choosing to embrace what God has given you instead of envying what he has given someone else. This is about embracing uniqueness. I remember years ago wishing that I was more spontaneous and witty like my friend Larry Hubacca when he would teach the staff at our church. I was always really inspired by that and honestly a little jealous. I would also just countlessly every weekend wish I was a more dynamic preacher like Pastor Stephen. And I would begin to belittle my own style of teaching or preaching because I felt like it was too boring. You know, I would script my teachings and my sermons. And I remember thinking that it was less than what I saw in someone else's gift until I realized that God gave me those gifts and those strengths for a reason and that I needed to lean into them instead of running away from them. And I needed to carry them well instead of chasing what God gave someone else. It dawned on me one day that there were people that would be reached 
and listen to the way that I taught that wouldn't respond as well to the way that someone else does. Uh, that by writing out my talks and my sermons and my teachings, that I was able to be precise in what I wanted to say. So rather than trying to be someone else, I am learning more and more how to be comfortable in my own skin and using the gifts that God has given me. I'm not perfect at it. I still struggle with a lot of comparison, a lot of insecurity, but I'm at least fighting this battle at a higher altitude now. I'm learning how to be myself in the way that God wants me to be. So I want that for you too. Ephesians 4, 7 says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So my question to you is what grace has God given you? Because life is too short to chase someone else's grace. You are not meant for what they do. You are meant for something unique that you are the best person in the world to accomplish. That is such an amazing truth if you get that deep in your spirit, but it won't happen if you're constantly looking at someone else run their race. Run the race that God has marked out for you. So what has God placed in your hands that you are currently belittling, that you're currently thinking is less than someone else's gift? What are you ignoring right now? Are you despising a gift that God has given you to be deployed in this season? Determined to start using it today. What's one simple way you can step into your unique giftedness as a follower of Jesus? So those are the four heart choices I want you to be more ruthless about making this year. And I wanna recap them right now. But before I do, remember, pick one, even right now as I'm going through the four, write it down in your phone, in your journal, and then choose an action plan. Choose a workout plan for your heart. What can you do to put this into practice right now, today? this week. Don't let it go past this week. You need to go ahead and start getting your heart into training. And then ask God also to speak to you and give you wisdom about ways that you can do this, ways that you can celebrate others, ways that you can give anonymously. What is God calling you to do right now? So the four heart choices are be ruthless about choosing the hidden place more than the highlighted position. Be ruthless about choosing to bless someone else's dream instead of only obsessing about your own. Be ruthless about choosing to bring joy instead of trying to find it. And be ruthless about choosing to embrace what God has given you instead of envying what He has given someone else. Now let me know in the YouTube comments or in a review on Apple or Spotify, which of these you're choosing to put into place, what spoke to you the most. And while you're there, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend that really helps us a lot. And I can't wait to see you back here next week for more Dreamers and Disciples. Mm -hmm.